Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And here it is. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. The very name of Jesus is going to be on you. You belong to him. Welcome to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Today we learn that the mark of Jesus will be on us when we are in the New Jerusalem. The scripture says, His name shall be on their foreheads. Heaven will be a place where God's people will forever be identified with their God, and there will never be any doubt that they belong to Him. When you give your life to Jesus while still on this earth, He takes possession of you now and for eternity. In eternity, we will be identified by the name of Jesus on our foreheads. Now let's join Pastor Rob. I'm so blessed because of it. In John chapter 7, he says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, the very Spirit of God in us and through us. And John, when he spoke to the woman at the well, he said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Do you have the Spirit of God in you? Do you know that you have the Spirit of God in you? Do you know that you're a child of God? Have the assurance. You can have the assurance. Don't walk around with the question mark. And the psalmist in Psalm 1 tells us the blessedness of those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. And what does he say? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Do you delight in the word of God? I don't know, do you? Yeah, me too. It's nice to get an amen every now and then. It makes makes know everybody's awake. Or maybe you need to have another sip of coffee. But do you desire for your life to be fruitful? Yeah, I do. The life that God has given us is precious. And it doesn't even belong to us. He gave it to us. And if he has done all that he has done for you and I, uh, isn't it my reasonable service 
then to give him everything? To give him my life back? I think it is. And the reason I don't do that is because I don't quite comprehend that. But the more I comprehend that truth, the more I am willing to yield everything. Yield your life to Christ. Let him be the fountain of living waters to you. Let him be the tree that you abide in. May you be the branch that hangs and abides on the vine, receiving all the nutrients, all that you need, all the encouragement, all the strength and the grace and the mercy, the compassion, the forgiveness, everything. Receive it from him who is the tree. He is the vine. He's the central part of it. Notice that the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, this is a very difficult passage, and I won't make, and I will, I'll be honest with you, it is kind of difficult because we know that in the next verse we're going to read, we, we read it earlier, that in the New Jerusalem there's going to be no curse. So what is this deal about the healing of the nations? Those who have been saved in the New Jerusalem, why are they going to need a tree for healing? And I believe the answer is in the Greek language of this word called healing. It's therapia, where we get therapy from. And perhaps a better way to look at it is not so much about healing, but health giving. And, and not even that it's necessary. Uh, I'll, I'll quote to you something that I read that I thought really kind of nailed it on the head. is by John uh, MacArthur. He said, The leaves of the tree promote the enjoyment of life in, new, in the New Jerusalem and are not for correcting ills that do not exist. Because we know that when the curse is lifted, there's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sickness. But yet there's this tree in the midst of the garden. And it's there for us. For the nations, for healing, or for to promote health, actually, health giving. Not that we need it per se, but it's there to enjoy if we want to. I kind of like that because I like to eat. Do you like to eat? While it is not necessary for believers in the eternal state to sustain life in any way by physical means, they can enjoy which, that which the tree provides. And I like that answer. And that's the best we can do. We'll figure it out when we get there. I don't really care, to be honest with you. The fact that it's there, I'm glad. And I'll gladly partake of the water, and I'll gladly partake of the trees, the tree of life, and so will you. And there'll be no problems. We'll live forever and ever. I love that. But the curse, notice verse 3, There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. But this curse, you may be wondering, well, what is the curse? Well, remember in Genesis chapter 3, when, man, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, Eve was beguiled by the Satan through the serpent. And what did God say to the serpent finally after all of this was exposed? He said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed, notice, above all cattle. That's why when we see a snake, the first thing we want to do is find a shovel. That's, that's the way we respond. Does anybody like snakes? I mean, the vast majority of people are like, you know, if we didn't have them, that would be really nice. You're thinking about that camping trip, aren't you, Scott? Because you've done this, he says to the serpent, you are cursed above more than cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. He must have been on his feet at that point. That would be kind of interesting. Have you thought about that? It's good to ask questions. 
On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity or hatred between you and the woman, and between your seed, the demonic beings, and her seed, singular, Jesus Christ. And he shall bruise your head. He's going to crush you, and it's going to be a mortal wound. But devil, you will bruise his heel. We see it in the resurrection, or in the, in the crucifixion. He didn't destroy Jesus. Just a minor flesh wound. But he rose again. And to the woman he said, and this is part of the curse. Ladies, when you have children, that's because of the curse. Or the, the pain, anyway, not the children. Better qualify that statement. Or maybe, you know, if the shoe fits. I don't know, maybe sometimes you feel like your children are a curse. I'm really glad you laughed because uh, you guys are getting awfully quiet. I was... But to the woman, he says, I will greatly multiply what your sorrow and your conception in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. That's what the curse did. And to the man and to Adam, he said, because you've heeded the voice of your wife instead of me. He wasn't obedient. Guys, remember yesterday we were talking about obedience. (laughs) Because you have heeded, you've obeyed the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. That is the curse. That is the nature of fallen life on this planet. That's why we have to work so hard. Have you ever thought about evolution? Evolution says it's just the opposite. But why is everything degrading and we have to work so hard to keep order? If evolution was true, then it would be evolving into something much greater. But things are actually breaking down. It's the second and third law of thermodynamics. That's visible. It's something we can see. Corrosion, decay, that's what happens. None of this evolution nonsense. And yet, they teach it in schools, here in Penfield. Hallelujah. Can you believe it? And your tax dollars support it. Help, Lord. Our tax dollars. Pray for those kids. Unlike the millennium, the millennium is going to be a great place for us, but it's, the curse is only going to be partially lifted because we know that even though people will live long, there will be death. There will be skirmishes from time to time. And we won't live forever, or, or at least the people at that time who, who came into the, king, into the uh, millennium who are not in their new bodies, they, they, will, they will die. They'll live long lives. But you and I will live forever. But in the new Jerusalem, no more curse. No more death. Those verses that we read, no more crying. All of that will come to pass. That will be the end for us. The end state, the final state. Notice in verse 4, they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. When a name is placed on something, it speaks of ownership. When you have a book or something like that, ladies or guys, you have that little stamp or you have like a rubber stamp and you stamp your name in the book. That means that book belongs to me. And that's what God does. He puts a a sign on you. Farmers do this with their cattle. They brand their cattle with a certain sign. So out in Texas, as they're roaming around, they can look at the back part of a cattle and see, oh, that belongs to Rob Kellogg. That beautiful Angus beef. That belongs to him. And God puts the same 
mark upon you, a, a mark of ownership. You belong to him. What a master to have. Isn't he a good master? Has he been bad to you or has he been good to you? He's been very good to me. I'm very glad. In Revelation 7, remember, God sealed the 144,000 Jews and he sealed them in their foreheads. And in fact, it says, uh, one angel said to the four angels, says, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. These were these 144,000 that God was going to preserve through the tribulation to be ambassadors for him during that time. And he sealed them, a stamp of ownership, and you and I will be stamped as well. And I love that. And in fact, in Revelation, what was the promise that he gave to the church at Philadelphia? He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And here it is, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. The very name of Jesus is going to be on you. You belong to him. I love the fact that I belong to him now. And there's coming a day where I'm going to get that stamp. I'm going to get that mark. I'm going to belong to him. And I already do. And notice in verse 5, there shall be no night there. Anybody been to Alaska? From what I understand, there are certain times of the year where they don't have, they don't have any night at all. It's like 22 hours, 23 hours of pure, or is it, is it the other way around? I forget. Is it the other way around? It's dark. Well, somewhere, it's just the opposite on the earth. Yeah, so, you know, the, the idea is there's going to be no night there. No night there. Because the Lamb will be the light. There'll, there'll be no need for a lamp, nor the light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And notice in verse 6, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And you have to remember that even though this was written over nearly 2,000 years ago and these things haven't come to pass, in God's perspective, this has, it's, it's a short time for him, although it seems very long for you and I because we live in time. He lives outside of time. And Second Peter 3 verse 8 says, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Time goes by with God, and to us it seems slow. In Hebrews, it says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and notice, he will not tarry. It seems like a long time for us, but for God, it's just a short time. And notice in verse 7, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And the idea of this phrase, it, it could be better translated, because you know, when you think about 2,000 years nearly, that this hasn't come to pass yet. It's unfortunate because when it says, I am coming quickly, it makes you think that when he wrote this, he was expecting to come back quickly at that time. But what it means is that when he comes, he will come suddenly and without warning. That's really a better way to translate that. When he comes quickly, he, when, when he comes, when this all comes to pass, it's going to happen very sudden, and it's going to happen without warning, without warning. And I think, again, 
it's interesting as we've looked at verse six and six and seven here. We compare this with what we saw in the very first part of this book, in Revelation chapter one. It says, "Blessed is he that reads." This is verse three of chapter one. Blessed is he that reads, and that they, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Does that sound very familiar with what we're just reading now? There's a blessing attached to this book, to the hearing of it, to the reading of it. There's a blessing. I've often wondered why more churches, more pastors don't teach the book of Revelation. I understand it's a very intimidating book. There's a lot we don't understand. And you know, honestly, if we only taught, if pastors only taught the things that they completely understood, there'd be very large portions of the Bible that we wouldn't share. (laughs) Including the book of Revelation. Yes, there are things that are a mystery to us. Who are these hordes that are coming from the abyss in 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 the tribulation period? You know, we've talked about what, what, they, what they are, we believe. But there's a mystery. We don't have it all down. And just because we don't completely grasp and understand something, does that keep us from sharing it? Especially when the, when the Bible tells us that there's a blessing attached to hearing it and reading it. Shouldn't everybody be reading the book of Revelation every year? Yeah, I think they should. Because there is a blessing And now I, John, verse 8, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and I saw, I fell down. And I love the heart of John. I fell down when I heard these things. And I, and I worshiped before the feet of the angel who showed me this thing, these things. And, you know, it is hard to understand. To be in the presence of even an angel of God would cause us all to be in complete awe. And yet these are just servants of God. Can you imagine standing in his presence and just feeling your knees just involuntarily just buckling under the weight of his glory? You don't even have to think about it. I think it would just happen. And that's the amazing thing. And here John is so overwhelmed by all of this, he just, he just his natural instinct is just to worship anything. Just put somebody in my place in this angelic scene that I'm in because I'm blown out. And I don't blame the man, even though he wasn't right to do it. And the angel, thank God, verse 9 says, See that you, uh, see that you do not that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. That's the exhortation. And John, this happened to him in, in Revelation 19 as well. It says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do it not. I'm your fellow servant, your brethren, and have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. John, twice in this situation, falls and he worships the angel because he's so blown away. He's so blown away. And I pray that we would get blown away. And true angels of God are not going to accept worship. True angels of God. There's one angel who wants to receive worship. Do you know what his name is? Lucifer. Satan. He wants to receive worship. He's the only one who will want to receive it. But any true angel of God is going to say what this angel said to John. See that you do it not. Worship God. Don't worship me. I'm a fellow servant. 
And he said to me, verse 10, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. You remember at the, at the very end of the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 12, after God had given him such a wonderful picture of prophecy, extending all the way from not only the time that he was alive, but going all the way into the millennial reign of Christ, at the end of the book of Daniel, this is what it says. The angel said to him, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Sealed till the time of the end. But now, in the book of Revelation, the angel, as he is unfolding these things before John, he says, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. When Daniel gave his prophecy, that was over 2,600 years ago. But now in the first century, John is being spoken to, and he says, now I want you to proclaim this. It's coming soon. From our perspective, it's been 2,000 years so far. But it's coming. Do you believe it? I believe it. God has never lied to me. He never can lie. He is not the author of lies. We know who that is. But he's faithful and true. Isn't that not one of his titles? Can you trust God? I would encourage you, for those who are listening or watching or or here today, search and see. (laughs) Is he faithful? Is he true? If he is, then serve him with all of your heart. If he is not, then you find something else. But I can tell you that he is the solution. No one like him. People search the world over to find that hole, to fill that hole in their heart. They search Buddhism, they search Hinduism, they search all kinds of different religions and factions and weird kind of things, and yet the only one that makes sense is a loving God who paid the price for you. You don't have to do anything for him to earn. He's done it all for you. We simply receive it by faith and walk in the the glory of it and his promises. Notice in verse 11, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Because it's like, no, that, that's not really good. That's not really good. But then it goes on and says, he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And people who don't listen to the prophecy of this book, here's the reason behind this. They will continue in their wickedness. If you don't listen to the prophecy of that of, of this book, you will continue in your own wickedness. But for those of us who do know the Lord, we are going to continue in righteousness. We're going to be righteous still because we, we walk in him. And we will be holy because he is holy. In verse 12 it says, And behold, I am coming quickly again. When he comes quickly, it will happen suddenly without warning. And my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. That speaks of the, the, the Bema Seat judgment. We've already talked a lot about that over the time we've been in Revelation. That judgment for believers, not a, a bad judgment, not a judgment of going to heaven or hell, but you're already in heaven. Do you understand that that, that Bema Seat judgment is not a judgment in the sense that you and I think of it? You're not going to be judged and, and be pounded and kicked out of glory. It doesn't happen that way. No, it's for the things that you've done since you've been saved. You're going to be rewarded for the things that you've done. 
And you will lose reward for the things that God put on your heart that you didn't do. Or the things that weren't of his heart at all. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.